When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everybody. It's Jen Duplessis. Welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. And in this episode, I have the wonderful luxury of interviewing Miss Melissa Barba, who is a mortgage expert. She is a neuro-linguistic programming. It's also called NLP, an NLP master practitioner, transformational coach, founder of Awaken the Queen Within Movement, Amazon number one bestseller. And I'm so excited to get her book because I'm reminding her that I'd like a copy of her book as I'm introducing her and an international key speaker. And I am just so excited to have you here with us today, Melissa. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much, Jen. It's a really honor and pleasure to be here and in your podcast, knowing that you've had the longest running podcast in this industry it's great. It's awesome. And I loved your podcast. I actually did listen to it. I was like, really, really taking it in. The, when it talked about the millenniums, it was great. Thank you so much. So Melissa is also known as the Queen Latina. And actually, she does something that she doesn't even know yet. I'm going to tell her that you do Latin dancing on the weekends. I'm a ballroom Latin and swing dancer. I do competitions. So it's no kind of way. fun. To, yeah, I know. It's really fun. I didn't awesome. tell you in the room. <laughs> I, didn't tell you awesome. I actually just started with that last year. It had been my dream to dance like forever. And yeah. I always stopped myself because I didn't have a partner. And I'm like, oh, oh, I need a partner. And I didn't want to just dance with anyone. And until finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dance by myself. And then I joined a team and it's been like the best. Yeah. Well, and it's really good to dance with other partners and not have an exact partner because you learn how to not lead because so many women lead. Yes. (laughs) And it really is good for you to learn the different styles that everybody has. So that's cool. I really love that. And in addition to that, she also is reaching the top 6% of income earners in the United States as a minority single mother. And I think that that speaks volumes and volumes about you. So I want to kind of dig in and talk about some of the things that you're working on. So because this is Mortgage Lending Mastery, we want to talk about your mortgage practice as well and what you're seeing in the marketplace now, how things have changed for you and what you're doing right now as Things are starting to calm down while we're recording this. Everybody is maskless, which is nice. 
and we're starting to get back to some sense of normalcy. And so how are you changing your business as well? So dissect us a little bit about your business and then what you're doing moving forward. Well, you know, that's a great question because we've all had to adapt ever since last year, right? Since COVID. And to me, honestly, I saw it as a big opportunity because last year when COVID hit, immediately, it was probably within the first week, I was excited because I said to myself, oh, oh, a lot of people are going to freak out. This is my time to push harder. So when everybody was like in panic mode, I was working harder and talking to my realtors and telling them this is all about mindset, this is opportunity time, and 2020 was my best year. Yeah. So that was great. And I was able also to shift my business to remote. So that was a huge advantage for me. Now I have more time for myself, for my kids, and my clients are just as happy. And so that was a huge advantage for everyone. And as far as how everything is moving along right now with the market, well, we definitely know that there's shortage on inventory. So it's just a matter of setting realistic expectations with our clients, with our borrowers and letting them know this is not going to be a sprint. This might be a little bit of a marathon. What I would have advised you in the past, it doesn't really apply right now. You know, I would have never be okay with a borrower removing appraisal contingencies in the right. past. <laughs> right now, if you want a house, you pretty much have to. You pretty much have to overbid 10, 20K. And before they would have been, oh, you have a bad realtor. If you do that right now, it's like, do you want a house or not? Right. That's pretty much it. And are you willing to do what it takes? And if you're not, it's okay. Just sit tight and wait and just be prepared, pre-qualify yourself. And that's what I tell, you know, I do have my analytical clients that they're like doing the numbers. I'm like, the numbers are not going to add up right now. So if that's what you're looking for, just don't look, (laughs) right? (laughs) However, if you are, just get ready, be prepared, be pre-qualified. And if when an opportunity comes in, you're just ready. That's it. Simple. Yeah, I love that. And I like that you have the confidence to say that because so many people don't. They're so concerned about their clients and they might go someplace else, which they're just going to go and sit on the back burner anyway. Yeah. Um, But I love that you have the confidence to be able to do that. So when you think about the gifts that you have that for others are not gifts, what are those? You know, where someone else is struggling, you're saying, I don't understand it. I mean, it's just so easy for me. What are some of the gifts that you have in the mortgage space? Hmm. Well, I do make miracles happen. And I know it sounds kind of like a weird gift that I could say I have in the mortgage business, but it's really not in the mortgage business. It's really everywhere because Mm -hmm. I have that mindset. So, you know, I don't have a college education. I have a high school diploma. I come really from working. That's my experience. But my experience from working with my dad for 10 years, since I was 14 years old, was basically solving problems. Mm-hmm. That was my job. I was a firefighter. And as a loan officer, honestly, I think that's what we do. Yes. <laughs> um, it's not about some people think, oh, it's just a push paper. Uh, yeah. But when the challenge comes, then what do you do? So. To me, it was always, I never take no for an answer. So if somebody tells me no, oh, okay, then I go ask the other person. Oh, that person didn't help me. Then I go ask the other person. Then I go ask the other person until I get to, 
I could become a pain in the ass for some of the, you know, yeah. underwriters or yeah. processors or whatever, but I get it done. And so I think that's been one of my biggest gifts that allowed me to build my business that the real partners or the clients that I work with, like they saw that I never gave up. Like, right. I think I've had in my whole history as a loan officer, maybe one or two deals that didn't go through. And it was literally because of things that were beyond me, like the transcripts, we could never get the transcripts and right. it was self-employed borrowers. So there was no way I couldn't do anything or they lost their job during the transaction. And I've had some really difficult cases. So that has allowed me that they really stick with me mm-hmm. and, you know, they never leave me. Yeah. Well, that's pretty impressive that you've only had a couple of deals that haven't gone through, given that so many people do have conversion issues, you know, or fallout that actually happens for whatever reason. What do you contribute that to other than the resilience that you have and the pushing and pushing and wearing people down? <laughs> like you say, because underwriters, yeah, they go, okay, fine, 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 fine. But where do you think that comes from? Is it your messaging is very, very clear about what you want in your practice um, so that you only get the type of business that you want? Do you think it's the niche that you're in with that messaging? Where do you think that that stems from? Is it guidelines? You know, your guidelines inside out and backwards and you don't bring anything in. You stop it at the door. So many loan officers bring stuff in and say, well, we'll give it a shot. But no one heard that. They think you took it. It should close. Right. So give us some insight into how you have that type of a low fallout ratio. Well, I pretty much underwrite the file myself from the get-go. Like I have an absolute complete file. I'm extremely organized. All of my PDFs are numbered. So it's like I'm very organized. And I always tell my processors and underwriters and everyone that I work with, I want to be your favorite person to work with. Yeah, that's my motto. Like I want them to see a file from me and want to work my file versus somebody else's because they know it's going to be clean. Even if it's a complex file, yep. it's still even clean if it's because, two feet thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's organized and I have notes yeah. and everything. So I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest things is that I'm very thorough through from the beginning and I go above and beyond and I ask questions until I have a satisfying answer. Even then, if it's a little bit risky, then I do let the borrower know or the client know and the realtor, look, this is a 50-50 chance. We are going to do everything we can. These are the risks, and I am going to do this with you. It's not going to be the easiest, but we are going to give it our all. So I am extremely honest, Jen, to a fault sometimes. Like I turned down so many refinances, you don't even know because I'm not in the business to just get business for business. It's because it's really going to be beneficial for the client. Yeah, I love that. And it's so funny that you say that because I remember years ago when everybody was doing short sales, there was a blip in the market. And then all of a sudden everybody was doing short sales and every real estate agent had all these listings. And I used to say to them, do you want to be a listing agent or do you want to be a selling agent? Because there's a difference. You could have 70 listings at that time. That's what they had. All these beautiful, they, oh, another listing, another listing, but they weren't selling anything. Mm. It's the same thing in our industry. When someone says, well, I have a $15 million pipeline, but I'm only closing 2 million a month. There's a problem there, right? Do you want to have a big pipeline or do you want to close loans? 
So that's what I'm hearing from you is, no, I want to close loans. I don't want to have a big pipeline for the sake of having a big pipeline. I want to close loans. Oh, yeah. And also, like, if there's not significant savings, let's say, you know, like, I've had clients that they're like, no, I want to refinance because my friend refinanced. And I'm like, yeah, but you're only going to save $100 a month. And you're going to pay $10,000 in closing costs. It's going to take you eight years or whatever the number is to recuperate that. If you were my mom, my aunt, my sister, I would advise you not to. And I'm like, I don't think this is good for you. But if somebody else is willing to do something that is not good for you, I'd rather them be the ones to do it, not me. Yeah, that's the accordion loan, right? I always said that 30-year fix, and then you squish it in for a couple of years, and then you pull it back out, and then you push it in, you pull it back out, and you rob yourself of equity every time you do that. And I was just telling someone, matter of fact, someone I just interviewed on the podcast, and you can go into the podcast and hear, but we have been in our house for 17 years. We got a 5-1 arm 17 years ago, and we have never refinanced, ever. Wow. Ever, because my rate's always better. (laughs) Let's <laughs> right, keep refinancing into five one arms. Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters complete document reviews and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access dot org number 3030. No, well, we have never refinanced ever. Wow. wow. Yeah, we did the five years and now it's been a one year ever since. Ever since. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's not to say that's what we do on our investment properties. We refinance them to get better cash flow and stuff. But for our own home, we did a 5-1 arm and we just had a one-year arm for the last 17 years. Just never had a need to. Our rate is perfect. And I think we're low three. I mean, we're probably at the margin now, close to the margin, but Yeah. yeah, it's pretty interesting. Okay. So I want to ask you one more question as it relates to the mortgage side, and then we'll kind of dive into some of these other things that you're doing as well. And that is, what are some of the tools that you're using in your practice? Some apps, some tools, some software, what's your CRM? How do you keep in touch with people? What are some of the things that you're using so we can share with everyone some of the things that are out there in the market today? Yeah. Great question. Well, I think one of the things that right now it's a must, whether you like it or not, it's staying active in social media. Mm -hmm. And I have a love-hate relationship with it. You know, I think we all do. We all do. (laughs) We all do. And as a professional in real estate, you have to. It's now it's not having a website. Now it's having a social media presence. That's really where people go and look for you. That's the one thing that I could always do better. And at the same time, you know, as a professional, one of the things I do is always keep sharpening myself Mm -hmm. with taking courses, trainings, or being part of a community and environment that is keeping me sharp in my mind, in my attitude, because the mortgage industry is not going to provide that for you or the real estate industry. Maybe the real estate a little bit more than the mortgage industry I've seen with the big offices and they have their team meetings and all that, but you don't really see that much in the mortgage industry. So you got to take control of that into your own hands and make sure that 
you're doing that. And then as far as social media, that's a must. As far as CRMs, I love LionDesk. I use LionDesk. That's the one I've been using pretty much ever since I started. They have video text. They have everything. Yeah. And lead generation. I mean, I've attempted and I've done some Facebook ads and it's been a trial and error learning curve. And it's just like everything else. You keep trying new things until you find the one that works. And it looks like I just found one that it's way better. So I'm really excited for that one. But at the end of the day, what always ends up being the best return of investment is really the relationships. There's no substitute for that. And one of the other things that I would say, and I had to apply that to myself when I first started, was that I only work with people that I like. Yeah. (laughs) because, you know, I remember I was at the beginning of my mortgage career and I was networking or trying to get business from as many realtors that I could. And I met one realtor for lunch. We were about to go. I was in the car parking and then he calls me while he was already in there. And I was like, decline. I declined the call because I couldn't stand him. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I can't even stand picking up the call and I'm about to go to lunch with him. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do this. I must do with business with people that I would enjoy a meal, regardless whether do we do business together or not. Yeah. And when you have those type of relationships, then they grow and they flourish. And then people never leave you because they're happy with you. Yeah. So that's to me the biggest key is the relationship building. And it's not about the amount, it's the quality yes. of the relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. How many people do you think you actually work with versus the peppering in or the sprinkling in of someone who sends you something once every six months or once a year, once every couple of years? How many people do you think you actually work with on a regular basis? I only have about my good 10 that are solid. And I'm going to tell you, they're not the big producers. I don't focus on the big producers. I like the people who actually appreciate my service because those are the ones that are a little bit underserved and they appreciate that I call them back. They appreciate that I pick up the phone every time they call me. They appreciate they call their clients right away. So I like to work with people who appreciate my service. And I tend to see that the top producers, everybody's after them. And everybody's offering the moon and the stars and you end up working way more for no appreciation. (laughs) Yeah. For no appreciation. Yeah. So those that have been listening to this podcast for years know exactly what I'm going to say about working with people that you like. And that is that we work with people that compliment us, not complicate us. And that was my strategy for being in the business as long as I was and being a top producer was I only worked with people that compliment. If they cause trouble and they make my processor cry or make someone on my team cry or don't have their act together and want to throw their monkeys onto my back, next, move on to the next. Life's too short. And I love that you're saying that as well. That's really powerful for people to hear again is that we don't have to be everyone's beck and call girl or guy. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to And on that note, sometimes not just in our business with any business, When you have a really good client, because I did have some that actually, they were top producers, and we had a long relationship that was very good. However, when it got to the point where I was like, you know what, yes, the majority of my business was coming from this one 
partner at once. And right. I was like, hey, this is not healthy because yeah. then they start feeling that they have power or control over you. So I actually made a bold move and not that I cut it off, but I basically stopped pursuing it mm -hmm. and basically took that leap of faith and said, no, my business doesn't come from this person. My business comes from the universe. It comes from God and it comes from my certainty and my alignment. And when I made that decision, like literally I started getting other people out of the blue contacting me yeah. from Facebook, from Instagram, wanting to do business with me. Yeah, so, that's beautiful. That's yeah, I love that. And you know, sometimes that's something that a lot of people don't consider is that your association with the top producer, if someone has a bad taste in their mouth about that top producer, that top real estate agent, it could be that it's actually hurting your relationships with others because they're like, oh, well, she got any business. She would give it to that top producer and not to me. So I don't think I'm going to work with her. And I've actually heard real estate agents say that on stage on panels. And so it is something to consider. It doesn't mean you don't. It's just a consideration. I'm not yeah. telling you all what to do. It's just a consideration yes. for you. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Um, so I want to make this shift in what we were talking about in the green room. And I know a couple of loan officers that are doing this right now. It's so exciting, you know, having been in the business, I'm already 38 years, right? 38 years in this business. It's so exciting to see others kind of taking the path that I had taken and others have taken where we have worked so hard in the business and said, okay, there's got to be more out there. There's a, a pull, a passion that's pulling you. And for me, that was coaching and mentoring and speaking and sharing my lifestyle business mastery that you can have it all, right? You can have it all in this business yeah. and really wanting to share that. And I know you're making that transition or starting to play in both sandbox a little bit more. But one of the questions that I really want to talk about here today in that space is that you can shift your emotional state in 68 seconds or less. And I want to know how you're sharing that with people that you work with. And I know you work with a lot of women, but this is for men too. We need to be yeah. able to shift our state in 68 seconds or less. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I cannot credit that technique to myself. Obviously, I have not reinvented the wheel. I've just studied a lot of people. Right, right. right. We all and have. One of, yeah. and one of my favorite mentors is Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you've heard of Abraham Hicks before. Nope. No. Okay, so Abraham Hicks is actually, she is a woman. It's Esther Hicks, but she goes by Abraham Hicks. And she wrote the book of The Law of Attraction, was in the book The Secret. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Now infinite yeah. YouTube videos. Yeah. So I literally became obsessed with listening to her material for like about two years straight. And she teaches you how to bridge the gap from when you're in a negative state to a positive state. Mm -hmm. And the answer is basically number one, forget about the subject. So if let's just say someone is stressed out about money and they're in a negative state because they're struggling with money or whatever, then you would not even attempt to feel better about money. You just, first of all, forget about the subject and then start being grateful for neutral things that you can actually be sincere about and feel genuinely grateful. And, oh, okay, well, I'm grateful for the food I had this morning, I'm grateful for my breakfast. I'm grateful for the air that I breathe, that I'm alive. I'm grateful for my children. I'm, you just keep going on that rampage of gratitude 
until you get to a place that you're actually grateful for and you start bridging it. Yeah. And then the issue is not as big as it seems. It's not as big as it seems. And basically she says, oh, so Esther, so what you're saying is that you just have your head in the sand. Pretty much, you (laughs) know, she's amazing. She's adorable. She's funny. And she's so brutally honest. Yeah. And so what I did for me was like, anytime I would have a negative state or thought, instead of calling my sister, calling a friend to vent about it, I would call my best friend, Abraham Hicks, and play a video of her and <laughs> literally go into one of her rampages and realize that it's a choice. Yeah. And so just start doing that attitude on something completely unrelated that you can actually feel gratitude about. Yeah, I love it. It's funny, you know, I'm doing a retreat this weekend with all my clients. And one of the things that I'm going to be talking about, and I can say it now because the retreat will be over. (laughs) Yeah, is we're doing something very similar, and I'm calling it going from crappy to happy. (laughs) Changing your state of mind, going from crappy to happy and understanding how to do that. And So I love that you're talking about this and I appreciate you sharing a new person. And it's funny, I'm an avid reader. I have tons of books and I can't wait to get your book. I keep saying it. I will send it to you. (laughs) Yeah. I read a lot of books, but I don't always know the author's names. A lot of times I do, but not always. So thank you for sharing that because yeah, I'm reminded that yes, it is. Yes. And she does like 15 minute rampages. So her videos are so short and quick and you just like, it boosts you. Yeah. I love it. Great tip for everyone listening to be able to do. So what are your top five daily essential habits? Yes. Habits. I love habits. I'm a creature of habit. We all are, right? It's just a matter of are they good or not. Yes. So number one is I wake up in gratitude. I really literally don't get out of the bed without saying, oh, I'm so grateful for my bed. I'm so grateful to psych myself. Right. These warm sheets that I'm all cuddled up in. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, I learned that from Abraham Hicks too. And then as soon as I do that, I get up, get ready and go straight for a walk or do yoga or go to my dance class. But basically my workout has to be in the morning as soon as I wake up. And then I do my gratitude journal. It's a part of another program that I'm part of. And it's daily. I write five things I'm grateful for. And then did I work out? Did I stick to my diet? And it gives you points. And what did I focus on today? So it helps me see, okay, did I use my time wisely or not? And did I have any wins today? What were those? And what was the lesson that I learned today. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's on a daily basis. So I do it in the morning so I can get my points, but then at night I redo it because to me, it's so important to go at night doing an inventory of all those things. Yeah. And then the other habit too, is to do at least 10 to 15 minutes of yoga before I go to sleep, because to me it's my active meditation. And so I'm pretty sure you know, right? The last thing we do at night and the first thing we do in the morning, they're the most important. And then they're going to determine the rest of the day. They're all connected. So my night and my morning, they have to be in that state. And a prayer, prayer of thanks as well. 
and drink a gallon of water a day, alkaline ionized water. So yeah. Oh, I know you're really into the alkaline. (laughs) I know it's interesting because my husband's really into that too. So he's always giving me that too. I love that. Well, beautiful habits, beautiful way to live your life. It's been an absolute pleasure having this opportunity to speak with you today and get some insight. And I hope that everyone who's listening and or watching on YouTube and reminding everybody, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe so that you can watch our body language as we're speaking on this audio, because it's so important to do that as well. You gain so much more from that. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I hope that things go really, really well for you. I wish you all the best in the future as you're exploring and doing this transformation and moving things along. And I know you're not moving out of lending. You're just transforming into something else a little more for yourself to feel that you're giving back. Yes, I'm adding. And that's part of why I chose the name that I chose because it wasn't given to me. It was claimed by me. That's what I teach in the book, right? It's like nobody's going to come and give it to you. You have to claim it because I feel there's so much to life and lending is just one aspect, right? But there's also all the other aspects of life. And I want to share all of that with everyone as well. So thank you so much. The pleasure was mine. I love connecting with you and knowing what I know even more about you now, we definitely will have to connect outside of the podcast because I love to follow your footsteps as well, which since basically, you know, like you said, you're doing everything that I aspire to continue to do. I'm just a little further downstream from you. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, we're going down this we, we follow the successful people so i'm going to be calling you for that oh well thank you and i do the same for others but i have people that are further downstream for me that we need as well so thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you today i really appreciate it and i wish you all the best in the world and i want to tell everybody thank you so much for listening in as usual i love that you take time from your uh, daily routine to listen to this podcast and Thank you so much for always supporting me and continuing to support us. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.